Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. And when it comes to hot tubs, hot tubs are hot tubs. So if you can be anywhere near one, you're going to see a bump in foot traffic. I don't know, 10, 15%. I have research that shows it, but uh, I think you could take my word for it. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to mention Door Devil. You know, you know what? I need to mention Door Devil. I need to mention Door Devil to you. It's not just a want. It's a need because you need this. Door Devil, quite simply, defends your home against kick-in burglary attacks. They happen frequently. There are 1.4 million homes that are broken into every year, and a lot of them are done through kick-ins. If you've got a home security system, then props to you. I'm glad you've got that, and that's important. But it doesn't prevent the bad people from kicking in your door, whether it's your front door, your back door, your side door. You need something like the Door Devil, and Door Devil is the best in the business when it comes to providing proof that it works. You can go to doordevil.com and even watch a video with Terry Bradshaw talking about it. And you can see how it works. It's a very simple product to install. But if you're not into that, then you can just hire a handy person and they can they can install it for you. Very simple. Put it inside the door frame of your front door, your back door, every door you have. And you can defend your home against the kick-in burglary attacks. It's needed. In addition, this is my brother's company. So it's near and dear to my heart. And because it's my brother's company, I'm able to offer you an exclusive discount because he was so kind to do so. You can go when you check out your uh, purchase at doordevil.com and there's going to be a little field. You enter the word best ever, no space, just one word, best, B-E-S-T-E-V-E-R, and you'll get a 20% discount on your purchase. So go to doordevil.com, go buy it, enter best ever and secure your home against kick-in burglary attacks. There are so many testimonials on the website. You can read them from police officers, from a woman who is being, uh, her house is being attacked from an enraged ex-husband, and the door devil defended that attack. Uh, He didn't get in. There's like 20 different testimonials from police officers on the door devil. Go buy it. Defend your home against burglary kick-in attacks. Go to doordevil.com and enter the word best ever whenever you check out and you'll get 20% off on your purchase. 
Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and this is a show where we cut out that fluffy stuff. We don't get into it. We only give you the best advice that moves your business forward. We've spoken to Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, Robert Kiyosaki, the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, Scott McGilvery, the uh, good-looking guy on HGTV Property Brothers, and many other best ever guests. And with us today, we've got a incredibly accomplished real estate appraiser as well as an investor. How you doing, Jake Thacker? You are too kind, Joe. Thank you so much for having me. Hope you're doing well today. Hey, my pleasure. And nice to have you on the show and a little bit about Jake and then he'll get into it in more detail. He's been in the real estate industry for 16 years and he's appraised, I want to make sure I got this total right, $829 billion worth of real estate. That's right. 829. You know, last time we checked that, um, it's been a couple of days, but uh, we could always run the numbers for you again. I've got an assistant here, Joe, always looking to get that updated number. All right. Well, we'll roll with $829 billion. He's also an investor. He is a third generation real estate investor. He specializes in commercial appraisals as well as investing, as I mentioned, in properties. He's based in Dallas, Texas, and he is the author of Appraise the Roof, a step-by-step guide to successfully finding and evaluating commercial properties. He's on Twitter and LinkedIn. You can say hi to him as well on his MySpace page, which is myspace.com forward slash the Jake Thacker, or you can simply click the link in the show notes page. With that being said, Jake, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Sure, Joe. That was a fantastic introduction. I should bring you with me to all my functions. (laughs) introduce me for that. Great setup. So uh, as you mentioned, my mom and dad, they're both licensed realtors. My mom's uh, father was also the head of one of the largest real estate agencies in North Carolina. Um, So I like to tell people that real estate's sort of in my DNA. I've been working in commercial property investments, as you said, for the past 16 years. I've had a specific focus on the research and appraisal side of the business, but my passion lies in finding land or foreclosed properties to purchase, to help businesses find their new home. Currently, $829 billion, looking to go upwards of that, but I'm always looking to find investors for rare opportunities as they, they come available. You said you focus on finding the land and, and really you know, determining what makes the most sense. From an investment standpoint, how do you approach looking for the right investment? Because I, I asked that because of your appraisal background, so I think that'd be really interesting to know. Yeah. You know, the, the 16 years I've been doing this, I, I really, I got started in appraisals. Um, I believe I found my calling early. Don't get me wrong, the investment side, it's been the most lucrative, but the research, the planning side of appraisals, that's definitely been the most rewarding. Um, before I even see a home, before I see a piece of land or a property, I like to spend the time to drive around the property. It's a simple strategy, but I like to look at the businesses that are around it. I think that that, that really sets the stage for whatever I'm putting in. If um, I'm looking to do a commercial piece of property, I like to know the lay of the land before I go in and and break ground. I think the people that are stacked up around it are really going to be what makes or breaks what I'm putting into uh, that addition in the neighborhood. And are you looking for certain things when you're, I mean, you look for kind of the area, but like, are you, are there certain things that you look for? That's putting it lightly. There's, there's a specific list. I don't want to give away all the secrets. Um, I've listened to your show a long time. I'm sure there's a lot of really smart people listening as well. I'd hate for them to steal all my strategies, but 
yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a blueprint that I like to follow. Over the past few years of doing this, I've found that there are certain things and certain businesses that uh, can really set the stage for success. You know, you and I spoke before, before we started recording here, and I'll give away some of the goods. But when I roll into a property, before I even kind of walk the land, I like to look to see if, if there's a, a fast food chain, specifically Arby's, for example. I've done testing that shows that the Whopper just doesn't pull like, a, like an Arby's roast beef sandwich. And for some reason, there's something to the market that shows when you set up your business, your commercial property around an Arby's, that roast beef is driving the foot traffic. Um, I think there's something great about mapping those things out. I have a property in Cincinnati and it's, it's coincidentally, it's actually very close to an Arby's. And I have seen that a lot of my tenants tend to want to work there and then not only do they work there, but then, you know, it's great because they get a discount on their food. So they're able to afford to pay the rent on a on-time basis, which, you know, factors into the bottom line as an investor. No, that's perfect. I'm actually jotting that down here on my notepad. I'm meeting with someone later. We're actually meeting at an Arby's uh, for that exact reason. Discounts are huge, Joe. That drives the people. You mentioned, or I mentioned, that you, you've appraised $829 billion. That's a That's right. gigantic number. I'm trying to wrap my mind around it. What have you been appraising? Um, I'm appraising a lot of stuff. So $829 billion over 16 years. Yeah, it's, it's quite a bit because we're, we're looking at specific things at Gaither Commercial Realty, uh, where I'm currently at. We look at amusement parks for one. That's a really big part of our portfolio. We look at Six Flags properties. We look at uh, laser tag properties. Laser tag has been huge within the industry. So when I go into appraise, I'm usually looking to see if you know the, the long list of or long checklist of things like electrical outlets and roofing and things like that, that everyone in the business is doing. I'm kind of taking the other route. I'm looking not only from the inside, but I'm looking out. I'm looking at the properties around it. That $829 billion was slowly built over 16 years of finding really good investments with superb businesses around them. When we're talking about uh, the lessons that you've learned from appraising $829 billion, and again, you're being paid to appraise from people who are buying them, right? That's right. So there's sort of a, a scale, and I, we believe at Gaither that we're sort of the top of the top. So when we're, when we're called in, it's usually for really, really big jobs, big and, price tags. And the, the lessons that you've learned from that and that you've applied to your investing, what are a couple things that you've taken away from that and applied to your own investments? When I'm asked to find property for my clients or when I'm appraising potential commercial properties for purchase, before I even look at the land or the existing building, I typically will survey the properties around it, like we've been talking about. I, I like to look for successful businesses around the property like fast food chains, snow cone shops, uh, hot tub repair stores. Right now, CrossFit's huge. So I've been actively plotting those locations out in a map in my office. My theory has always been, and it's worked extremely well, if I can surround my property or my clients' businesses around other successful models, how can I fail? When I go in and research other people's success and I capitalize on their investments, I'm saving my clients millions in the long run. So again, I'm finding that the overall plan, my developments, they're working 70, 80% of the time, every time, Joe. It's a, it's a, it's a model that's worked well and 
uh, we keep riding it up. I know personally, um, and again, I, it's from my own experience, if you're around a hot tub repair shop, and again, I, I think it has to do with the type of lifestyle that people have who have hot tubs, so they tend to be more affluent. And when you're next to a hot tub repair shop, then you're automatically having that drive-by traffic of really affluent individuals. So they're going to see your property and it's more likely they'll rent from you or they'll talk about your property versus a property they don't drive by. Yeah, you nailed it. Um, I've spent a lot of hours in research sort of perfecting this list. Um, you know, when I got started, I, I really drilled down. Let's take hot tubs, for example. It's paid off for me extremely well. Um, when I first got started, I was looking into only in-ground hot tubs because I thought, as you mentioned, that affluent customer base, they're really not getting anything above ground. It took a few years of research into this, but I, what I found is a hot tub is a hot tub. And when people are spending the money in it, your commercial properties are going to grow as a, as a result, just being involved in the hot tub industry in any way. So just to be clear, it doesn't matter if it's an above ground or an in-ground hot tub repair shop. That's right. Uh, I feel like I'm, I'm giving away the, uh, the milk for free with that to your listeners. And when it comes to hot tubs, hot tubs are hot tubs. So if you can be anywhere near one, you're going to see a bump in foot traffic. I don't know, 10, 15%. I have research that shows it, but uh, I think you could take my word for it. All right, Jake, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? You know, I, I, I'm glad you asked that coming right out of that question um, because I think looking for success, the best advice I could give someone is to look for success. And that, that seems simple enough, but really look for it. Try your best to follow the success of others. Plagiarize, steal, copy. If it's out there, it's been done. I don't know why you would want to invent a new model or a new business plan or new real estate tactics. Uh, when other people have already paved a road that you could follow, I think the best advice I could give you is to jump on that road and start pedaling. It's one thing to model those who've come before you, like Tony Robbins talks about, but it's another to use the word plagiarize or steal. I'm trying to reconcile that in my mind. Sure. Can you, can you give me an example of when you've plagiarize something or stolen something from somebody or what they've done and what happened in your business as a result of that? Yeah. Um, and you know, we were in this PC culture where you can't say things like steal or plagiarize. And that's just, that's a shame. I want to be direct with you and your, your listeners. I think you guys deserve that. We've seen a lot of success in what we do and I don't want to beat around the bush. So when I say steal, when I say plagiarize, the best example I have, we put in a, um, a commercial loft property just north of Dallas, Texas, uh, two, three years ago, um, right across the street from another loft. So what I did is I, I went over the course of weeks, talked to the tenants that were in it, uh, found out things that were missing within their loft, their property, things like, oh, we wish we had a cinema room or we wish we had these specific workout machines within the gym. I literally went through and talked to the majority of people in that building to find what it is they want. And, uh, I copied that. We set up a loft directly across the street, almost the same name. We changed a few letters to the name, same paint color, same everything on the outside. The inside had all the amenities that we knew customers were looking for. Within a 12-month period, I took 14% of their tenants out of the building directly across the street into mine. Wow. 
What was the reaction from the group across the street who owned the property? To be blunt, lawsuits, um, things that I guess actively I can't, I can't even speak about to date, but um, we feel confident that we're going to beat that in the long run. It was our own model at the end of the day because we put our money into it. My investors invested in something that we knew was going to be great, and the numbers show that it was great. Uh, it just, I think there's some, some small-minded people out there that would say what we did might have been too much of a direct carbon copy, but we'll let the courts decide that. Knowing that you, you, there is a lawsuit and legal ramifications in this case, would you recommend following that same path or would you alter it now knowing what you know now? Well, after litigation, which, which could take upwards of, I'm told, 16 to 18 months, we could do this interview again, Joe, and maybe that advice would change. But I can tell you the dollars that have been put into my firm, as well as my investors' pockets, I would tell you and anyone else that you should get on that gravy boat because um, success is success, no matter how you slice it. Taking things from other people, or at least intellectual property, like the idea and how you want to lay out a loft, I don't think it's truly ownable. At the end of the day, it's a place to live. And the, the dollars that I'm seeing coming in justify that risk to reward. I didn't know that you were also uh, in, in raising money from investors because you mentioned you have some investors in, in particular this. What's that conversation like with the investors whenever you mention to them that there's pending litigation that's going to take 16 to 18 months? Unless it's directly linked to the property itself, I'm told by my lawyers and my, my legal team that I'm not specifically required to call out the current litigation. So I only bring that up. It really shouldn't be a negative point. Um, it's one of those things that's the reality of doing business. But when I talk to people, I appraise full time and I'm damn good at it. Um, like we talked about $829 billion to date just in appraisals. I sort of put that in one side, the investing side is really more of a, a I don't want to call it a hobby um, because it's extremely lucrative, but it's one of those things that when the right opportunity comes up at the right time, that's when I bring people in. And when I clearly lay out for them the opportunity that's on the table, that's when I think people jump because dollars talk at the end of the day. And if I can show the model across the street is the old one and here's our new and improved one we're coming in with, uh, I think people want to be on that winning team. You ready for the best ever lightning round? I was born ready for this, Joe Fairless. Thank you. Let's do it. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. If you don't have a door devil, then your doors are not secured and they're susceptible to burglary kick-ins. Here's a testimonial from a 27-year law enforcement veteran. He says, I purchased and installed three of your door devil kits. I'm very satisfied with the kits and shipping time. After 27 plus years in law enforcement, they are very good value for increasing door security. Go to doordevil.com and when you check out, enter the word best ever, no spaces, all lowercase, B-E-S-T-E-V-E-R at doordevil.com when you check out and you'll get 20% discount on your purchase. Okay, Jake, best ever book you've read. Uh, best ever book I've read. Um, uh, I guess two things come to mind. The Appraisal of Real Estate. Uh, that's by the Appraisal Institute. I think it's on its 12th edition at this point. Great foundation. Great way to find a diamond in the rough. I've also found a lot of success copying strategies from a book of, uh, or it's by Barbara McMahon. It's titled The Complete Guide to Buying Property in Italy. 
course, I'm not looking to buy property in Italy, specifically in the United States, but you can take a lot of the key learnings from that. You can put them here in what you want to accomplish. It's an eye-opener. Great read. Just real quick, what about buying property in Italy have you applied to buying property in the United States? One of the things that turned me on about the book, it's a quick read. Um, I don't have the time to go through long literature. Um, I'm, I'm spending so much time in the research of my appraisals that I really want to look for a read that takes, I don't know, a couple of hours. Uh, some would call it bathroom reading. Uh, that book, that specific book, the things that you can take are things that, that catch your eye in Italy. These gorgeous, uh, long dated buildings that have been around forever and things that appeal and attract people and why you would want to live in that region of the world. Um, I think you can directly take the language and the copy, the narrative that they're telling, and you can lay that into a property, you know, outside Wichita Falls, Texas. You know, it's, it's something that you have to church up a little bit, but at the end of the day, it's all about the sell. And I think that that book does a good job of helping sell things to investors. Best ever personal growth experience and what'd you learn from it? It was a rough one. Back in 2002, I was actually let go uh, from a company. I worked for them for a number of years and I had a really sweet gig there. I was put in charge of managing the top level appraisals. So anything from 800,000 to $5 million plus deals. Uh, I think in the end, I was just trying too hard. I was trying to be the best I could at my job. I was putting in 40 plus hours a week. Uh, I was visiting with I don't know, 10 or more clients a month. And I think eventually I just burned myself out. I was actually let go for a misuse of company resources. But in the end, I learned that there really had to be a better way than trying to reinvent the wheel every day. I wanted to work smarter, not harder, you know. Best ever deal you've done? Um, best ever deal I've done. I would say it would be the, uh, the Hurricane Harbor that's in Arlington, Texas. Huge deal. I won't go into the exact number. Um, it, it was a large part of that $829 billion appraisal number. But what it allowed me to do is to go through and actually function check a lot of the rides. So that's a water park here in Texas. Um, I, I got a, a day and a half essentially of turning on the water and just having a park to myself. So you can imagine once I went through in about, I don't know, five hours and did a lot of the real function checking, it allowed me to come back the next day have a few beers before because a lot of the work was already done and really enjoy myself at a, at a water park by myself. And I don't really know anybody that could say they've done that. You were, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. Wait a second. I want to make sure I heard this right. You were hired to appraise at hurricane Harbor in DFW. Uh, and you were doing function checks on the rides, meaning you were riding the rides. That's right. That's right. There's a, there's a ride there called the Bombay. Um, and I must have checked that thing 14, 15 times in a row. Uh, what I tried to do, they gave me a day and a half to two days to do a lot of the appraising. I got the majority of the work done in the first day. So it allowed me to kind of to tailgate, if you will, before the real appraisals took place on the second day, which really gave me a lot of fun time in a park by myself. There's an article about it. I'll have to send it to you. It was a once in a lifetime opportunity. Had a few drinks, went in and never had more fun at a job in my life. I'm going to have to come back as an appraiser in my next life. <laughs> you know it. What's the best ever way you like to give back? Um, I try to invest in myself when I can. Uh, I, I see things like massages or gondola rides as morale boosters. And when I can sneak away for a little treat, I try to do that for myself. But I always, I always like to look to offer little perks to my team where appropriate. I've learned that 
from past mistakes that, that those perks can come from what lawyers have called company resources. Uh, so I've gotten in trouble for that. I believe in giving back, but there should always be some sort of angle in which the giving back comes back to you. You know what I mean? Like, how is giving now going to yield the proper ROI for me down the road? That's how I like to look at it. Interesting. Uh, I haven't heard someone explain it that way so uh, bluntly. Yeah, you know, I try, I try to live my life directly, Joe. I don't want to waste your time. This is a, this is a growing moment for us both, so I'm just going to put it out there. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate so far? Wow. Um, honestly, I guess when I look at it holistically, I've probably made more mistakes than I have truly successful moves. Um, it's, it's taken a few years to learn what businesses work to help drive in customers to my commercial properties. So an example of that, I purchased several pieces of land for a major urban loft development I looked around neighborhood parks, bingo game centers, cemeteries, pet hospitals, areas that I would label as relatively quiet. Um, it turned out to be terrible for bringing in a younger demographic. Uh, it was a valuable piece of learning for me, but it came at a huge loss for myself and my investors. I think I would stick to that that tried and true storefront that, that really works. You know, we talked about Arby's, but looking at things like putt-putt, places that you can go in laser tag. Those are basically a guaranteed lock on bringing in foot traffic. And lastly, is the MySpace page the best way to reach you? And yeah. and by the way, if so, who the heck is on MySpace? Like, I'm sorry. But, really? But just... oh, oh, man, it's coming back, man. You know, Justin Timberlake bought in about eight years ago, and uh, I've been riding that wave. But I'm on all the social media internet things. You can hit me up on uh, MySpace. Dot, uh, dot com that's http colon slash slash that's myspace.com slash backslash the jake thacker and you know one of the things that we talked about before we we jumped on the phone we talked about habits and things that we practice things that are really playing into success i, I would put the internet on that that's one resource i consistently use with tremendous success it's the internet that's really helped me out on a daily basis plus the mobile internets have been huge. I, I'm on my phone and I'm doing pretty big deals through that. Well, uh, Jake, I, I I think it's important for us to let it let the best ever listeners know that uh, best ever listeners, happy April Fool's Day. <laughs> I, I, I hope that you don't take any of Jake's advice, especially with the MySpace stuff. MySpace is not coming back. That um, was the most ridiculous 25 <laughs> minutes of my life. <laughs> I am interviewing one of my best friends, uh, Doug Sanders. He's in the advertising industry, and he does live in Dallas, Texas, uh, but he is not a billion-dollar appraiser, and you should, not fo- you should not follow his advice on, uh, I quote, roast beef drives the foot traffic uh, as it relates to Arby's or uh, hot tub repair shops are the uh, sign- signal for good investments. Uh, and clearly you should not plagiarize or steal things and invite your investors into lawsuits. And then for any appraisers out there, uh, I don't recommend that you go and drink beer and do all the rides if you ever end up appraising a Hurricane Harbor. or a You know, all of that, that, that all was ridiculous, Joe, but we might have been onto something with, with the roast beef angle. <laughs> I'm just saying we could maybe try to play that out. <laughs> Well, uh, 
I, I do agree. They have delicious morning sandwiches. I, my <laughs> girlfriend just introduced me to the uh, croissant sandwich with ham and cheese. So I'll, I'll go with you on that. Doug, what's the best way to really reach you? How can they find you? Is it a LinkedIn thing? You know, if anyone ever wanted to find me, I don't know why you would. But <laughs> I'm uh, I'm on Twitter for real. Uh, Twitter.com backslash Douglas B. Sanders. Doug Sanders also on LinkedIn. So feel free to look me up. I'm an attractive man. So <laughs> you can look that up anytime you'd like. Well, uh, give give Doug a shout out. Tell him nice work on today's episode. And best ever listeners, I hope you have a wonderful April Fool's Day today is April 1st. Well, you might not be listening to this on April 1st, so that's why uh, you might have been really surprised by this interview. But today is April 1st, and I hope you have a best ever weekend. And by the way, this is legit. Uh, If you want the best ever weekly newsletter, then text BEST, B-E-S-T, to the number 38470, and you will receive a text you'll just put in your email address you know there's like an auto thing and then um you'll be added to the newsletter so that every weekend um you'll receive an email from me uh outlining the lessons i've learned from that week's episodes and while this certainly won't be uh, any takeaways this will be perhaps mentioned from an entertainment standpoint so uh jake slash doug glad to have you on the show thanks so much for participating Uh, And we'll talk to you later. Have the best ever way. If you don't have a door devil, then your doors are not secured and they're susceptible to burglary kick-ins. Here's a testimonial from a 27-year law enforcement veteran. He says, I purchased and installed three of your door devil kits. I'm very satisfied with the kits and shipping time. After 27 plus years in law enforcement, they are very good value for increasing door security. Go to doordevil.com. And when you check out, enter the word best ever, no spaces, all lowercase, B-E-S-T-E-V-E-R at doordevil.com when you check out and you'll get 20% discount on your purchase.